I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your ass. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Let me adjust my mic, I'm way too high. There we go. Uh, it's another week of news dumps and loses for the NCAA. Seems like I'm always talking about it because it's always happening. But there is some hope and some good news that I will lay down at the end of the podcast. Sort of. Well, let's wait and hear next on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. In a world that's racing a mile a minute, a split second distraction can change everything. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Every day we see too many people, heads buried in their phones, unaware of the dangers they're in. Texting and driving isn't just reckless, it's playing Russian roulette with your life and the lives of others. In just four seconds of distraction, you've driven the length of a football field. Is there any text message that's worth your life, that's worth the lives of others? I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years, but I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now, stop texting and driving. Pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. plays a big part of this show i go a little bit long on the not intro music the uh bounce back music or whatever you want to call it part of the reason is that i want to hear the song but the song also gives a message to you guys about something either about the show or about me and that is especially this week when if you that was sade by the way if you know the name of the song you will the title of the song you will know where i am with my recovery well where i'm not with my recovery let's put it that way it's the opposite of the title of the song what well, i digress let's move on last week i gave a long rambling thing about the pac-12 and george klyovkov and i never hit the bell or hit the post excuse me on why I was talking about it in the first place. And the reason why I was mentioning it in the first place, you know, the Pac-12, which is now the uh, Pac-2, because 
10 of the other schools have run off to the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC, leaving Washington and Washington State behind with all the assets and the money. They got rid of George Klyovkov. That was that was the point of the whole story last week. I'm so sorry. They got rid of him. He did such a lousy job negotiating their contract or non-contract that they finally decided, yeah, if it's only going to be two of us for a couple of years or if the conference is going to totally dissolve, which I hope it doesn't because that's been a powerful name in college athletic, the pack, that the it will be run by a different person. So George is out. He probably got a, a couple of million dollars to head out the door for his non-action. I mean, every time I looked at the guy, it just looked like he was staring off in space or glaring at the sun. But uh, he's out. So that's a name you will only hear about how how he screwed things up with the president before him, Larry Scott, how those two together and some of the Pac-12 presidents and ADs really botched their contract, TV contract negotiation. So, it, like I said, unless you hear George's name, George Klyovkov, it's either a punchline or to just give a little headline of, into another story. Saying that, that will lead it to my last story of the day, but that won't uh, happen right now. Next, more NIL transfer portal combination news. Yes, they do go hand in hand sometimes. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And this is one case where it does because when G5 players, group of five players, those are the players not at Power 5 schools, not at, you know, the ACC, the Big 10, the SEC, the Big 12. Did I get them all? The, the Big 10, the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC. I'm missing one. <laughs> and I know people who know are out there screaming at me but because it's, no, it's, that's it. It's the Power 4 now. So stop screaming at me. I was right. Anyway, when you, when you don't play in one of those conferences and you're looking to move to, move to those conferences, say you're a player at um, Wyoming who had a very good year, and he's a group, he would be considered a group of five, the lower level, even though it's still Division I football. Or Division One HBCUs, or what it may, whatever it may be, that conference you're in that is a group of five. All of a sudden, you're like, "Hey, this is my chance to move up to a Power Five, you know, to go like to Minnesota or Purdue or Texas or Georgia or you know any of those schools." But then you figure out a school. And yet then they tell you they don't have any scholarship money for you. They have NIL money for you, but they don't have scholarship money for you. And it was a 
then became a crossroad. It was either you went back to your school or you found another P5 school that maybe had a scholarship for you. Or you just walked on and you took care of it out of whatever NIL money you got from that school. Well, the Power Five flexes its muscle again. And now, even though they don't have the scholarships to pay for it, now their collectives who run the NIL can pay for it. So what they'll do is the money that was offered and agreed to in NIL will be sweetened to cover the cost of attendance at the school or at least the tuition room and board to go to that school. So we're now adding that cost to the NIL deals for walk-ons, preferred walk-ons. Boy, the rich will always find a way to get richer and always find a way to get what they're after. And this is just another way to show that their reach or their power can't be stopped. And so they worked around the rule of how many scholarship players you can have because it's only, I think this year is 110. And then it finally, as The Rock would say, finally drops back to the 85 it's supposed to the next year because I, I do believe all the COVID years fall off finally and other things like that finally fall off. So it will drop down back to the 85 per school for college football. But like I said, those with the money have figured out a way to work around that by adding the cost of attendance in their NIL deal for that athlete so that kid doesn't have to take that money out of their NIL deal to go to school there. So, as I said, the rich get richer, and those poor group of five schools, they're just now officially, and I'm saying officially for me, have become developmental squads for the power five schools, and even the lower power five schools, which I would classify my beloved University of Minnesota as, they lose those type players to the upper crust of the power five. So it's always going to be the rich gets richer in this situation. You know, more NIL money, more prestige of that school. So when they continue to flex, they're going to flex. I started by saying that the NCAA took more losses this week, and they did, or this past week, and they did. The University of Tennessee and other schools were not in full compliance with the NIL rule. And I've explained it several times, and I'll do it again. You can recruit an athlete to your school. Once they sign the letter of intent, they belong to you. And then you can find, well, you it's not that you find, but NIO opportunities can't be presented to that person. So 
the full extent of the law clearly states that the school cannot be involved in using NIL as an inducement to come to their school. So the school can't say, if you come here, Johnny, we'll give you $600,000 or $60,000 or whatever it may be when you come here. And this is what you have to do. Go visit kids at the children's hospital or sign autographs at such and such car dealership and whatnot. Those entities were supposed to be the ones that brought forth the opportunities for the athletes. You know, the, the, the autograph signing, the car dealership, the, the T-shirt sales or whatever it may be. Those entities were supposed to be responsible for bringing those deals to those athletes once they're signed. If NIL has not worked that way from the time that it was instituted, because the coaches and administrators just jumped the gun and used it as an inducement. Now, you had some schools and some conferences that kind of held back and wouldn't do it because they were fearing uh, retribution from the NCAA. Well, you had other schools like Tennessee, Virginia, and many others who just said, the hell with it. We're going full bore. When I talk to this kid about coming here, we're also going to talk money, which is not supposed to happen, but it was happening. So in a federal court in Tennessee, I just said the University of Tennessee, a federal court in Tennessee stayed the NCAA rule about using NIL as an inducement. So right now, and that judge is going to come back with a final decision, but right now there is no active law dealing with NIL. And to my best guess, when this judge is through, there still won't be any law dealing with NIL. They'll just use it as an inducement because there'll be nothing to stop them. And it, as I keep saying, it's just weirder and weirder that you have schools who sue an organization that they voluntarily agreed to be a part of. That's right. All these schools volunteer to be a part of the NCAA. The NCAA does not have the power to make those schools be a part of the NCAA. The schools said when they joined said, we want to be a part of the NCAA and we'll abide by all your rules. Wink, wink. Well, all you've seen in the past three, four years has been them suing the NCAA in federal court, not state court, federal court, and to beat the NCAA constantly and constantly and constantly, even though they are a member of the organization that they're suing. Just unbelievable people. Just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know why the courts allow it. I, to me, it would be basic. Aren't you a voluntary member of this? Yeah, well, Your Honor, yes, we are. And they're not forcing you to be a member, correct? Yes, Your Honor, you're correct. Well, then abide by the rules. But the judges aren't doing that. They're looking at the crying coach and the tearful eye 
of the athletes saying, I need money, and they're not taking care of us, and they don't feed us, which is a lie, and all these things, and come down against the NCAA because it's popular, it's hip, or whatever to do to be a part of the bashing and killing of the NCAA. And I think I said it last week or the week before, if the NC2A went away, these colleges would form another organization to conduct its business, governance, and rules. It won't. It just won't be called NC2A. It'll just be called something else. They would get rid of some rules, yes. But still, it won't be totally free will and crazy because you can't run a business like that without regulation because if you don't, then you're going to be the next ones to be sued for negligence when somebody gets hurt or something like that. So protect themselves. They're going to build another organization if they get rid of the NCAA, which I hear constantly, it's time to get rid of the NCAA. We need to get rid of the NCAA. Fine, do it. But then understand there will be another organization group to take take its place and control the rules and that's all they're doing they're controlling the rules set in place by the school's presidents ad's or or border regents or border governors whatever they call them chancellors or whatever that's all the ncaa does is make sure that the school's are following the rules as they have state they would by being a voluntary member of the NC2A. To me, it's so open and shut that way, but these judges just have it out for the NCAA, but these judges just have to understand when they finally crush and defeat the evil NCAA, there will be some type of organization there to replace it because there's going to have to be. And let me go back, step back a second here. They also have been running to Congress for help. They're not going to get help from Congress on NIL and transfer reporter and governance of college athletics. Those politicians have been playing them, placating them, and taking their money to look at possibly getting rules and laws in place that would be more favorable for the NCAA. It'll never happen. So that's that. Okay, the last story that I kind of teased, which also kind of folds into this story. The college football playoff model has finally been set. Again, finally, we have a playoff system in college football. <laughs> Excuse my rock imitation. Yes, it's, it, they finally decided on the five plus seven, which means that the champion of the Big Ten, the champion of the SEC, the champion of the Big 12, the champion of the ACC, and then the highest-ranked group of five 
team in the uh, the college football polls, the highest ranked, will get a seat at the table in the playoffs. They'll they'll be a number five seed more than likely, and they will get to play in the playoffs. They'll probably be the only group of five team because there's seven other at-large bids, and those seven at-large bids are not going to, unless there's two outstanding group of five teams, there will not be two of them in the college football playoffs. So you're going to have all these group of five teams battling and fighting to be a part of the college football playoff every, you know, any given year. The seven are the next seven highest ranked teams by the college football playoff. And so you're looking at more Big Ten schools, more SEC schools, more Big 12 schools, and more ACC schools to get uh, selected to be a part of the college football playoffs they're not they're not automatic bids they are and i said the word earlier and now i'm blanking it but you are picked or selected to be part of the playoffs there will be seven schools like that one of them that has an inside track is notre dame notre dame can't host a playoff game because they are not in the conference. They do not play a 13th game like a championship game. And if, before you start whining and complaining that Notre Dame was screwed, this rule was actually put into the verbiage by the athletic director at Notre Dame. Now, he knew that he wasn't going to get a first-round bye be a top four, and and get in the playoff that way. But what he secured was an easier route for Notre Dame to get into the playoffs, probably be the sixth seed or the fifth seed, host a first-round home game. That's right. The first round of the college football playoff will be on college football Sites. So if Notre Dame's the number, so the uh, five, six, seven, and eight seeds all would host playoff games. So say Notre Dame is the number six seed, they would get to host a playoff game against the 11th seed. Right there front of touchdown Jesus on that holy ground at Notre Dame where uh, Newt Rockney coached, Lou Holtz coached, and Rocket Ishmael played right there on their site. So a lot of schools are going to be like, man, I wish we get to play a first-round playoff game. You know, they – the battle's going to, and the question going to be: Are you going to be better off being a top four seed and getting a first round bye, or being five through eight 
and getting to host a big deal playoff game on your campus. No bowl game tie-in. It's just your show on your campus. And they did write in the clause, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's another rock uh, saying, it doesn't matter if your stadium holds a hundred and something thousand like Michigan or your school holds 40 something thousand like Kansas does. It's either Kansas or Kansas State. Holds about that many. You get to host that home. And if you're that P5 school that probably will be the fifth rank or whatever, you get to host at home, which would set that little college town on fire that weekend to be hosting that game. So again, the, the first round of the college football playoff will be on college campuses, not with bowl game tie-ins. There will be no bowl game tie-ins in the first round. As of right now, the second round would have, they would be tied to bowl games, which means we would be off college campuses at that point. The four top seeds drop in to play the second round, and everybody's happy, supposedly. I believe, and others have uh, stated this, that once everybody sees the excitement and the pageant pageantry and everything else that goes with college football being played in late December or mid-December on a college campus and in that town shutting down or schools like the University of Minnesota being totally sold out and everybody going nuts that those first round schools are going to want to also host games. Well, how do you do that? You instead the number of teams in the college football playoff. Yes, the Big Ten and the SEC are trying to grasp more power by adding. They want to, we haven't even played the 12 team playoff, and they want to already start talking about a 14 or 16 team playoff because they too want to be a part of that first round to play on a college campus. So if you have a 14 team, there would be two buys that would be tied to college campuses, uh, not to bowl games. That would be the second round. And then everybody, the other 12 would play on college campuses hosted by the top six seeds with no bowl game tie in. I repeat, in a 14-game team, 14-team playoff, there would be two buys, and then the other 12 would play. The top six of that would host on their college campus. The Big Ten and the SEC also want guaranteed uh, qualif qualifications to be extended more than just one. I I've heard they want as more as four. That's just lunacy to me. I think hitting two would be okay. 
But I think they're just trying to push it just to see how far they can get it to go from the other conferences who are afraid that they may, the those two, the SEC and the Big Ten, may break off and do their own thing, which would be more valuable to the TV networks, which would mean the remaining Power Five would have to go and build their own playoff, which would be less lucrative for them. So they're going to placate the SEC and the Big Ten as much as they can with this stuff until they really have to pump their brakes on them and tell them, nope, this is as far as you're going to get to go with that, is that you get automatically get two teams in at the end of the year. Now, a 16-team playoff would mean there would be no first-round buys. The top eight would get to host, and then all games would be on college campuses again with no bowl game tie-ins. So then everybody who made the playoff that year would get to experience that on-campus playoff feeling, and everybody would be excited and happy. The only people upset would be the bowl game people. They have controlled college football for the last 75 years, and it's time to cut the cord with these guys who only look forward to wearing whatever color jacket, sport coat they, they wear for their bowl game slap guys on the back and tell them, tell coaches how great they are and tell people like me, yeah, I can get you a ride to such and such street or whatever. So, so then the second round, which would have eight teams, four games, would have bowl game tie-ins. So I guess they wouldn't be too upset. I know there are some people who said all bowl games should go away for the playoff part of it. And you can have your bowl game with the other teams who didn't make the playoffs. But would you really want to see the 20th best team play in the Rose Bowl? Or the 30th best team in the Sugar or whatever? I don't think we would. So right now, those guys that roll run the bowl games, who make a lot of money doing nothing, would be okay if they went 16 and had eight teams the next round, the second round, to play in the Rose Bowl, the Sugar, you know, and so on, so on, and so on. The final round will always be a neutral site, big stadium, no bowl tie-in game. It will just be a standalone called the College Football Championship Playoff Game. Now, I mentioned the power grab, which is also a money grab by the Big Ten SEC wanting more automatic bids for their conferences. Whatever expansion or extension of the college football playoff that happens. Here's a fun fact for all of you. Three and a half years ago, before the alliance <laughs> that was the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 got together and said, we're going to slow down the SEC because they're going to try to take over the world just because they added Texas and Oklahoma. Now, the SEC makes it seems like that's all they wanted to do was that. I'm not totally buying into that. I believe that 
push comes to shove, if the, the other conferences hadn't pushed back, they would have tried to extend their power and grab more schools at that at that time. But this is what ha- the fallout was when the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 formed their alliance. This playoff six by six or six plus six never was agreed to. And why do I bring this up? If there was six teams, with, I mean, six bids for the six power five, uh, power six conferences, or yeah, no, I'm sorry, the six, let me stop and say this right. If there was automatic bids for the five power five schools, which you have five there, and then the highest qualified G5, you would have had your six automatic bids and then six invitees to the playoff. Why do I bring it up? College football expansion as we know it probably wouldn't happen beyond maybe UCLA and USC and Oklahoma and Texas. Outside of that, everybody else probably would have stayed where they were. The Pac-12 probably wouldn't have dissolved because they would have had a they would have had a clear path to the college football playoff, which meant that their product would have been more valuable to the TV partners and maybe they would have gotten 35 to 40 million dollars a year in media rights money. They were never going to get to 50 that Klyovkov thought, but they were going to get the 35. And then maybe the ACC would get a bigger bump and Florida State could shut the hell up and stay, <laughs> stay in the ACC and so forth and so on. But when those conferences blocked the 6 plus 6 at the time and delayed it, all this fallout that I've been talking about over the past several months is the results. You know, conference realignment, more NIL, more transferring, and coaches transferring, and, cho- and coaches transferring out. All of this hot mess, as I called it a couple of weeks ago, would not have happened if the alliance had, hadn't been formed. And I believe that Kevin Warren, who's now the president of the Chicago Bears, who was, who was the commissioner of the Big Ten, talked those two conferences into it to slow down the SEC long enough for the Big Ten to get its TV contract, to get USC and UCLA, and to try to help Fox get some of the college football playoff games. These were the things that the Big Ten wanted when they went into the alliance. They really weren't that deep into uh, college football conference realignment because their members were already, with adding USC and UCLA, was like, 
pump the brakes. We don't want to add any more because you're cutting into our pie. So, again, the hot mess was all done, or the fallout, because the Alliance blocked the 6 plus 6 format for the college football playoff, and everything else fell apart. Whew. Well, I hope you all understood what I was saying. I'm going to change a leg position here, play commercial, and come back to put a bow on this show here next on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Wait a minute. Was that text you sent so important you missed your turn? So important you just ran a red light? Is that next text so important that you won't see the ball roll into the street and the child chasing it? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw Bryant. Please remember that having your eyes off the road for as little as four seconds equals 100 yards. That's the length of an entire football field. And when your eyes are off the road that long, anything can happen. If you need to text, please pull off the road. Texting and driving isn't worth it. It's against the law, and it may cause serious injury to you or others, or even death. That's more important than anything you'll text. Please don't text and drive. I hope you're never hurt in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Working harder, going farther, with Mike Bryant on your side. Seeking justice for the injured, Bradshaw and Bryant. Sorry, I was doing some readjusting of my leg. And also, this is my favorite Chardet song of all times, Cherish the Day. And I'm really trying to cherish the days of this, not layoff, but this uh, paid leave that I've been on since December 27th. And also, maybe cherish the day of they finally have a 5 plus 7 college football playoff. But I don't get the feeling that I can't cherish one because of how I feel and the other because they're going to screw it up. So with that, 
I want to say thank you. I think this is with the lost episodes. This is like show 130. So for you people who've been hanging out and I sent a message out on Facebook thanking you, but you people that have been hanging out and listening, as I st- <laughs> stated on Facebook, why are you people listening to me? No, <laughs> I appreciate you listening to me. It means a lot to me. It means a lot for me to be able to ramble on here, talk about something that's near and dear in my heart since I was 18 years old when I first stepped on the campus of the University of Minnesota and fell in love with college, not only football, but college sports, the whole college atmosphere to the point that I'm still working at the University of Minnesota, even though I'm on leave, maybe looking to leave soon once I get back, but that's another story for another day. Again, thank you for listening. Tell a friend. Talk about the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB is my name, and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. I am Negro Black African American Black 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 Django JB Damn Dolomite Great God in heaven you know JB Our great Negro Sex Machine